Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. The new Toyota Land Cruiser has been announced. Uh, I, I saw that. Uh, I would like to tell you that it's going to be available in the United States, but it is not. Mm-hmm. But nowhere in the media presentation did Toyota commit to a 25-plus year life cycle for that vehicle. That's, that's true. That's not really a thing that they've said. <laughs> it's the most trusted, the most long-awaited, the most loved, most powerful, most advanced, promises to take you everywhere kind of presentation. Now with those most. It appears like a styling exercise, but indeed it is not as a True, full, re-engineered, everything has been redesigned. I'm just glad it comes with Apple CarPlay for, you know, $90,000 plus or however much it's going to cost. should, yes. Mm -hmm. It's tested and honed at the Nürburgring. Just kidding. That's not true. That part's not true. (laughs) Maybe in the forests around there, but the ring would be useless. It's at the ring in the forest It's in in the inner part. Exactly right. (laughs) It's being used as somebody's camera vehicle to bounce through the trees to get to a place they can't get to otherwise, yeah. Toyota also said it was designed behind closed doors because crowdsourcing has proven to be an epic human failure because people will Bodie McBoatface everything they can possibly get their hands on. If you're going to ask the general public what should we call this, you wind up with with terrible ideas. I'll give you two. Bodie McBoatface is (laughs) the most famous, but I'll give you another one. Volkswagen Tiguan. Do you realize that was actually a contest in Germany? I didn't realize that. I was I was fact. looking it up because I was I was we just had one and we did a review <laughs> on it. We were laughing about the fact that the Tiguan word is a merging of the word tiger and the word iguana. That needed in, to happen in Germany. So they it's actually like internal company. They sorting. actually did a which name do you like most for the general public and Tiguan won. And I am putting one in air quotes that you cannot see. So this is the thing. When you ask the general public, what should we do here? You don't get good answers. Do not do that. But nevertheless, French horns were used to herald the arrival. Really? So epic movie music was played. People were interviewed. It was Uh announced. Okay. And it will be sold and loved and bought. And we wish it very well. And Toyota, we just have to poke fun because it's mainly just the marketing, you know, the the doublespeak where it's designed behind closed doors. No, actually, the designers opened their tablets and set out in Central Park in New York. And, you know, all the joggers (laughs) and dog walkers coming by had a say in the new design. They said, you know what? I don't like that line. Of course it was designed behind closed doors. You don't need to tell us that. I get it. But but also... Also, it is that internet legend. This is one of those cars with internet legend. Yes. And the, the standard internet yes. legend is that Toya, Toyota officially designed them to last 25 years. Right, Which right. Toyota has never said. That and, still wasn't yeah. in the marketing brief. Really I couldn't wasn't. believe yeah. why I couldn't yeah, find yeah. it. I was waiting for that announcement. It didn't come. Mm, I was really weird disappointed. How happens. Happy Friday, everybody. We're glad to have you back with us. Uh, we are hurtling toward the beginning of Season 9 on Motor Trend Channel. That will be the first <laughs> Saturday in July. Just note that very fear, that morning. tinge oh, yeah. of fear in Todd's that's, voice. That's a hit. Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> trying to avoid the, the teetering <laughs> piles of footage that must be edited at mm-hmm. any point. Everybody's all hands on deck over here, Everyday Driver, getting it done for, yes. for that. We're very excited. We've been shooting a lot. We're still shooting for season nine. Now, just just stop real quick. If you're one of the people that follows along with the podcast in real time, thank you, by the way. Look at your calendar real mm. quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, note the date. <laughs> we're still shooting season nine, and it starts in uh, mere weeks. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. We're excited, for sure. Mm, yikes. Well, also, in real time, Father's Day gift is, uh, well, Father's Day is upon it's, us it's very upon soon. Us for so sure. yeah, yeah. the gifts do include Todd's book. If you haven't read this book, I highly endorse it. It I, I found it fascinating to read, Thank you, and man. it reminded me of my voracious reading that I did as a kid. Hmm. I was into Piers Anthony sci-fi, as a matter of fact. Okay, all right, yeah, uh, yeah. for a long time, and just into all kinds of stuff. But I just read like crazy, and it brought that back in me. It's not speed reading, but it was just voracious amounts of information, and I was hmm. so immersed. It was like a movie in my head. And I'm glad. I've always loved your writing, man. It's Thank it's you. fantastic. But uh, Thank you. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, you can go to everydaydriver.com and navigate to the store from there, and you have two kinds of choices from there. Yep. You can go to the blip shift side of things, or you can go to the Amazon page. Many thanks for your support, and uh, keep that in mind. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. You can start with the new Ceramic Wash and Coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, the foaming sprayer, the cannon, or whatever Paul has come up with now. 
We take Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and now it has ceramic protection too. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products individually or use them as your new wash routine. They're 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products from Griot's are made in the USA. And don't forget to use the new code EDRIVER when you're ordering from griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. We have such long debates, not long but involved, I They suppose, are involved, my gosh. That we must get to them right mm-hmm. away. Yes, for sure. First of all, car debate number one is for Brad H., from Ulster County, New York, writing to us in desperation for a manual transmission car. So much so that he says, it took me a couple days to write this on his phone with his thumbs. Which, you know what? I want to applaud you, Brad, for a surprising <laughs> number of paragraphs and punctuation in yes. spite of something written on your phone. Normally, when it's written on the phone, it's like wall of text. It really so, is. So uh, you did do a good job on that. Also, it is... Um, I typically say I'd like to keep it to two scrolls on a computer. I can't imagine how many scrolls this was on your phone because it is multi-scrolls on the computer. There's a lot of detail here. There is. But the detail's good. I like that. Brad lives in New York, as I said. He's 34, married with two daughters, one-year-old and three-year-old. He's got a reliable pickup truck. Okay. He's owned it for five or six years. Okay. 2011 GMC full-size extended cab. Mm -hmm. They tow their camper and they haul house stuff. It's his daily. Okay. 107,000 miles, he says. It's got some services coming up. But until recently, the thought of getting a fun car for him was fantasy. Mm. Now, he just landed a new job. Congratulations. The pay yeah. is going to be much better. That's always good. good. Good, good, So he might be able to convince his wife, Nellie. Hello, Nellie. Yep, she's listening now. You know she is. Absolutely. They might be able to get a car in the $15,000 range. Okay. Now, Brad goes on to give us a very detailed car history and car background, mm-hmm. but... I, I like it when this happens, even though it's a lot of reading for us, but it is, because yeah. I think it distills everybody's car choices. And sometimes people arrive at the answer at the end of their email. They do. You, they kind of they type their way there. That actually absolutely happens for sure. Well, he had had his parents co-sign a loan when he got his first gainfully employed job. He wanted to private purchase a 2008 STI with all the mods. Well, he that particular SDI got sold out from under him, but he loved it. He he just wanted it so much. Mm-hmm. He bought an 07 STI LTD. He says, just in, in case somebody has this car, it's number 300 out of 800. <laughs> somebody has that car <laughs> and is very proud of that number plaque, for sure. He says he doesn't care that it had been really beat on and yeah had been raced prior. But he says the motor gave out on it about a year mm. after he took, a, took it. And so he put a new engine in it with forged pistons so it could handle 450 wheel horsepower if he wanted. But he kept the stock turbo and his only performance mods were the intake and exhaust with an external wastegate. Okay. Lovely, glorious psh noises. <laughs> we're all just children with car keys. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we really are. So it wasn't all the way tuned. It was only at 306 wheel torque and 296 wheel horsepower. But he says over the next few years, he did a couple of sanctioned races, which include included a paved hill climb. He loved that. They bought their house in 2013, got a mid 90s suburban for big housey items <laughs> and to try to keep the salt off his precious. Sure. But the suburban apparently turned out to be a total turd, <laughs> busted a fuel line and other okay. stuff less than a year later. He says the STI also started to be needy again, so he traded it in on the truck that he still has now. So the Suburban and the STI both went in yes. one fell swoop to help the house. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> let's be honest. Do. Yeah, That's what you do. Well, he describes the Chevy s he had from high school. He also still owns it. Still has, yes. He did a lot of things to it, like air ride and, and, and big it's, brake kits. It's, it's the planter in the driveway. It's yeah. that kind of level. Yeah, it's, actually, except for the fact that it got parked um, in the actual garage which kicked his wife car out which mm, was not mm, yeah. yeah well th- yeah that was in one car garage <laughs> and uh he also has this rat rod project in we're, the we're still going folks we're still going he yeah. says it's gonna take another five thousand dollars just to get rolling and so the yeah. s10 cab is under the front porch the frame of the kb5 the um, <clears throat> 1947 international kb5 is 
um, in the backyard with the S10 bed resting on it. And so if you're wondering how this looks, he said neighbors on both sides also have project cars sitting around. So everybody's just happy about their project cars <laughs> that are up on blocks sitting around for sure. Yeah, there's a lot. So it's important to keep Nellie happy because she has a lot of veto power in this. Uh, in this for sure decision. she does, of course. Her history includes a 1995 Volvo 850. I was hoping it was the R, but you don't specify that. Seems like it wasn't, yeah. She had an 07 Monte Carlo, which they traded on a used 2012 Outback. And look at that. They traded in on a new 2020 Tiguan. The new Tiger Iguana is now in their garage. Yeah, there it is. As it turns out, her taste is on the quirky side. She often likes cars similar to the Nomad Mm. and things that have a lot of character. Okay. Things right. that aren't trying to too hard to be serious cool. Okay. All right. Seems like, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Now, Nelly has approved two cars already, the Fiat 500 Abarth and the Porsche 944. Both are great choices. They are. They're yeah. very different though. Mm-hmm. Now, he hasn't started the new job yet, Brad. Isn't started. So they're almost ready, mm-hmm. but she vetoes a lot. So they're they're really starting to think and really starting to get serious at this <laughs> point. He, he knows he's buying something fun. It is a literal ticking clock matter. I can almost feel the clock above his head like, honey, get ready. I'm going out to buy something. <laughs> I, I, but yeah. he wants her to like it, and that's so key here. Well, he is so desperate to have a manual sports car again that he's, I think, more open than he realizes mm-hmm, just to mm-hmm. be able to scratch this itch. He'd like a two plus two. He toyed the idea of going hot hatch, but since they've got the truck and the small SUV for kid hauling, he wants the car to be the event. Mm-hmm. And since this is supposed to be the car of occasion, he wonders if he'll be disappointed by not having a coupe. He says he's not going to be doing too much driving for pleasure without either one or three passengers. Sure, of course, so not. he thinks yeah. a two seater is yeah. out, but he's keeping the truck. It's paid off useful for his lifestyle and he's not sure you know if he doesn't have that to drive to work well whichever takes less effort but his commute's only three miles Mm -hmm. so he's decided he can probably get a loan for a used car right around fifteen thousand dollars and uh this might have some fluctuation we'll see but he feels confident in around 15 grand so maybe we'd go up more because one of the things he brings up in this discussion because his wife nelly likes the 944 is he's like you know what i think is perfect is a used 911 but then he quickly realizes that even if you get yeah exactly even if you get a 996 and you find a deal you're probably spending somewhere close to 2025 right so that's already at the upper level of his budget he's thinking about i don't know that i can pull that off he's also pondered what we have mentioned about the 944 which is two things one we really like it and two be prepared to work on it. Indeed. And he's going, yes. how, how much work are we talking? I want to circle back to that in a few, but he's, he ended up talking 911 because the 944 entered discussion, but his wife still prefers the 944, which thankfully is cheaper because that 15 grand is really not 911 territory yeah. anymore. And there's a huge community of parts yes, out there for the for 944, sure, for sure. which is good. And see, this is what I'm talking about, Brad. When you write about the idea of going with a hot hatch and later on your email, you say, I want to stay away from front wheel drive. So you sort of write or talk your way into into more knowing what you want. So whether or not we can get to your debate, we would love to do everybody's debate, but sometimes just writing everything down helps you to Mm -hmm. kind of distill and clarify what you're actually looking for. And then you're hopefully hearing our voices in your head. So then if we can't get to your debate, certainly we can conclude you in the car conclusions. I hope so. Yeah. You know, later on say, Oh my gosh, I came to this revelation and that's what Brad is doing here. He says reliability is huge for him considering the projects that he already has. You do not See? need he, a project car. He wrote himself into that yes. headspace. He's like, huh, I don't need another project. Good thinking, <laughs> sir. Well done, Brad. Well, he says maybe a G35, maybe a G37. Those are cool. Yeah. He doesn't know much about their feel or their reliability, but he showed it to Nelly, and she quickly nixed that. She said 944, which yeah. I think is hysterical. She said, no, not those. Get a 944. We also can feel all of your thoughts coming about the twins. And now when we say the twins, you know exactly the car we're talking about. We don't mean his girls because they're, they're not, they're not yeah. twins. We're talking about the 86 chassis. Yeah. Yes. He thinks the twins will be lacking in power considering the STI background with 306 torque at the wheels. Uh, look, it's going to feel slower. For sure. Now, here's what's your what's your driving type? If you had if you told me that you were in Houston, then you'd be really bummed. If you told me my entire life is back roads for 20 miles in every direction to be like, why aren't we considering it? But I think it's out actually here. I'm I'm thinking so. Now, he has a soft spot for M3s. 
However, it looks sure. like the only ones in his price range are convertible. He prefers hardtop yeah. because he does want to do track days. Okay. And he says, what's the point of having an M3 unless you track it? It's good. That's, that's good. I like it. Now, he, it only might be a few times a year, and he looked at a 335, but he says, well, then we're getting to 10-year-old non-enthusiast German cars. Yeah, you are. He keeps coming back to the Mazda RX-8. He likes keep, the styling. Keep walking away, Brad. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 I interrupted. I, I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you keep coming back. I'm going to keep turning you away. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry. Go on. They're, they're, uh, they're almost like a, well, a pickup truck. They're so great for other people to own. The, the, the I the love RX-8. driving them. The RX-8 is really genuinely very fun to drive. It's great. They are light. That rotary, when it's working, feels amazing. It yes. feels just. It, it feels like it has zero friction whatsoever. But then you actually mention here, Brad, you say you keep thinking they're really cool, and then you have the thought in the back of your head, I'll just put an LS swap in when the engine goes. I love that these are known (laughs) commodities, that there will be an engine swap in that car's future, and it brings you right back into, wait a minute, do I need to buy a car I'm planning on having as a project? I like the RX-8 a lot, and every one I drive, I just go, yeah, this is really well sorted. Totally. But that engine is the it's, it's, it's like you open the hood and there's just a big question mark under the hood. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yes. Well, he knows the Hyundai Genesis Coupe exists. He says, eh, considering Nelly vetoed the G37, he's sure she might veto this too. He says he keeps coming back and thinking about the Golf R. Well, you told us earlier, no front-wheel drive. That's even true. Though that is all-wheel drive, mm, but it's yes. pretty much a front-wheel drive feel in, yes, in driving experience. And so... He's now coming to the point where he's got a couple of buddies mm-hmm. who are car brokers. Mm-hmm. He wonders if they'd be better at finding something that would normally be out of his price range. And that's true once you know what you're looking for. Yes, that is the key thing. And yes. I'm sure they'd love to go to work yeah, for you and try you, yeah. to find you a smoking deal on mm-hmm. something obscure. And, you know, little old granny had an M3 from back in the day. And it's got yeah. 8,000 miles and you can have it for $7,000 or something. Something crazy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not sure how to do drive homework on any of these cars. He has looked at the drive share program from Haggerty, which is great. Good. Excellent. He says, not a lot near Hudson Valley, New York. He's driven his in-law's fifth-gen V6 Camaro, but it felt slow and boatish. Mm, okay, that's though, fair. You know, 300 horsepower, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's driven his parents' 2003 Mustang convertible. He says you can feel that solid axle. Yes, you can. So he's really wondering, I think, first of all, the budget is set, but mm-hmm. out of all of this, I think he needs solid direction here. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah he yeah. also has a little side note about um, trucks and boats. I think we mentioned earlier, somebody suggested about somebody who owned a boat to just rely on your friend's truck. Of course, it depends on how close you are to your friends. Yes, but and how often you're towing said boat. Exactly. But I see boats in the water for the whole summer. It's not like you're towing to and from the lake if they're sitting in the lake all in the water all summer. A fair point. Now, there are people who don't live next to the lake and they keep their boat at their house, and so you have to tow it every week, and I get that. I'm surprised you're going this far into this. Okay, onward. But, you know, then you see people who have permanent dock status, and they just have it there. So do you need a truck all the time? Anyway. (laughs) Paul's just baffled by trucks towing things. That's where we've ended. Yeah. Nevertheless, if you need a truck, wonderful. But he has the truck thing solved. That's yes, the thing about it. He's he a truck thing solved. He's also a volunteer firefighter. The truck is helpful for that. So there's a lot going on here. No kidding. Uh, by the way, Nellie, his wife, is an event planner. She has uh, Nellie Hill Events, and he asked that we call her out. So, Nellie, you're listening now, and there it is. You're an event planner, and I hope that we can get you into 944. That's, I'm really going right there. I'm just going to go right there. Yeah, I event planner. Just pulled up in a 944. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And then it broke down. I mean, then it, then it <laughs> right, drove away. Right. And uh, yeah. Brad, I have so many choices for you. I want to distill this down. I, I have the car that I know you should get, but I mm. want you to hear me work through along with you based okay. on what you've told us. I've got a couple too. Okay. Got some good ones. You've talked about the, yikes, 10-year-old non-M German cars. Mm-hmm. What do I do about mm-hmm. that? And I do have an 06 to 08 BMW Z4 Coupe 3.0 on the list oh, for you. Oh, interesting. I like that. Not the M. Yeah. They're fifteen to $20,000 on Auto Tempest. Mm. They range in mileage from about 48,000 to 90,000 miles. The problem is many of them are the Steptronic. So yeah, they're not manual, not so you're going to have to search harder for those. That led me to the Z3 Coupe. With a manual, they're difficult to find. Could be awesome, but these are also not really a 2 plus 2. They're not. 
I considered the Porsche 986 Boxster. They're cheapish. They are. Cheapish. They're, they're in the affordability of this for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not a 2 plus 2. They're not. Nor is the Nissan 370Z. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Probably out. Mm-hmm. If Nelly's vetoing the G36, G37, the Z is probably out. Yes. I love your 911 idea, but $15,000, it, um, it will be a rare car like the one Chance bought. Mm-hmm. If you can get it for fifteen grand, and he's seen the value of his car increase, yes, for sure, for sure. But he's bought it for fifteen. He's done a lot of work to it. Yeah, but you know, it's it's not an easy car to find. Let's put it that not way. at that price point. And then the ones that are at that price point need stuff. Let's be true. honest; they will need Very stuff. True. And we're trying to get you into something that doesn't need stuff right away. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But that brings me all to the car that I know you can afford that I know will be good for you, that scratches the BMW itch for you. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it is modern and recent enough that it's mm. going to be good on insurance, fun to drive, trackable, useful. The whole family can go. It is a 2014 BMW 228i with 87,000 miles for 16.9. Excellent. Well done. That's very good. That's my choice for you, Brad. Okay. All right. I like that a lot. You've got fifteen grand ish to spend. Paul's gone over that, but not by much, which is very good. I've already kind of uh, mentioned the RX-8. I, look, I like it. I think it's bound to be a project car. I think that's the problem with it. So yeah. that's why I'm taking yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, show Nelly a picture of the Genesis Coupe and see what she thinks. Show her both generations. I actually think that the first gen has aged better than the second gen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I actually think it's better looking than the Infinity. I mean, I hope it's not the case where, you know, guys looking at women's shoes are sort of like their shoes. Like what? I I don't get it. But I'm just curious if she thinks the Genesis Coupe is a contender in comparison to the 944. That is an interesting point of it. Uh, By the way, I'm going to go on a brief side rant and and say this. I think the 944 is a great choice. I don't think a 944 is going to feel any more powerful than an 86. Just putting it out there. I mean, the turbo, that turbo E punch. The turbo would, but see, that's the thing. I don't think you get a turbo 944 because those so are the ones that need more done. They, they need a lot of so care if you, and feeding. If you are legitimately looking at a 944, I think you need to go non-turbo because the turbos just need more, take more, etc. Mm-hmm, and be mm-hmm. prepared when you get this 944, dig into the internet. Scary, I know. And find out what is that car just known to need. Yeah. And do yeah. all that stuff right away. Those parts exist. It's possible. I think 944 is just going to run for you if you get a non-turbo. I think so, too. But you're going to have to get it into good running status. <laughs> and see, that starts to lean toward project car stuff. It cannot and that's, be like the International or the This SN is what concerns me. Your neighbors will be like, yeah, is sculptured? Oh, you're going to make this it is, run? This is what concerns me. Why would I, you make a car run? Totally, what, totally. What are you thinking? I, I, so that's, that's my concern there. You know, and I actually wondered, fifteen grand. I wondered, could we also throw the 928 in the mix? Oh, Is that possible? Those are going to need some care and feeding they more are so than well. a 944. They are as well. Those so are going to be, I, I'm wondering yeah. about that. I mean, I think the 944 is a great choice. It's not going to feel like a powerful car. So if this is the reason you threw out the 86, I, that's my concern for you, the 944. We, we drove a turbo one a while back. We did a fast blast on it. It yeah. was awesome. But that car had been bought for very cheap because it needed a lot of work done, and a local guy was making it pristine, and he almost had it there. It was running really rich. Just clouds of black smoke Seriously. on full throttle up the but hill. man, it was fast. Man, this uh, is fast, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but he, was, he was fine-tuning it to sell it. He sold it for a hefty profit because he got one that was not running well, and he sold it when it was running great. Yeah. But he spent time. It's just a thing this guy likes to do is buy things, make them run great, and then sell them. So this is my concern with the 944. I have a car I think you might really like. Okay. Affordable, good power, two plus two, good amount of space for you and the family, fun. Okay. Could be tracked. Okay. Bigger than the rest of these we're talking about, but I think that's why it might work. Get yourself a Pontiac GTO. Oh. Why not? (laughs) Two plus two, big V8, six speed. It's kind of like. Sure. Kind of like the family Corvette. Family Corvette. You know, it almost is. Gotta, you're going to have to paint that picture for Nelly, Brad. You're going to have to. And, and, and I, look, I'll, I'll go ahead and put story. it out there because right now Nelly is on her phone looking up the Pontiac GTO from 2005. It, this is not a car that has wow looks. It's not. Sure, sure. But it, it, so it's definitely more subtle, but I think it could work. Brad, remember to use autotempest.com slash every day so they know we sent you and all of your searching and all of your drive homework. And if you've got a debate like Brad, send it to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website, everydaydriver.com. Philip V. writes to us looking for a little help. 
Mm-hmm. He's looking around for his next car purchase and his requirements he thinks are going to be different than some people. Meaning less hardcore and for big people. Because mm-hmm. uh, Philip is uh, 30 years old. He's 6'5 and 250. He says, I think I'm a smidge bigger than average. Yeah, you're bigger than us. So uh, yeah, you're a smidge bigger than average because we actually struggle enough as it is. And so your question, in spite of the fact that, you see, the further this goes on, the more he's interested in it being good to drive. Yeah. But but the key thing you're interested in, Philip, is you want comfort. He's really open because he says, what is the most comfortable car or SUV or truck Mm -hmm. that we can think of? In the under $30,000 range, mm-hmm. and he says if you want it to be more than $30,000, he will gladly set up a Kickstarter fund for us to chip in. <laughs> I love your subtlety there, Philip. Yeah, we have it's a lot fantastic. of extra cash to help that. But anyway, yeah. He's specifically looking for cooled seats, mm-hmm. maybe massaging. It's not a deal breaker. And at least 250 horsepower. Fuel economy isn't a factor. He says everything he's ever driven had less than 20 miles to the gallon <laughs> and a lot of the time less than 15. Okay, so yeah. All right, bonus. Well, get this. His current daily is a Ford F-150, FX4, Super Cab 5.0, mm-hmm. loaded down with overlanding accessories. No winter rooftop tent currently, but it does have a battery system, a fridge, a pressurized water tank. It says this hasn't really helped the ride quality. Well, and I love that it says no winch or rooftop tent yeah. currently. C- currently, he's Meaning thinking. Meaning that you know, exactly. they'll be on there for sure. He's not looking to sell the truck because as soon as it's paid off at the end of, the next, end of next year, he'll be in the market to pick up another daily in addition to the truck stuff. But he's still looking for the fun stuff over here, this comfort. Yes. He doesn't need anything blisteringly fast. He has a 1940 Chevrolet Master Deluxe Business Coupe that was a drag car, but then was turned into a street rod billed by he and his dad in the early 2000s. Where are people storing these projects? I I don't know. Backyards and under porches, apparently. He drove that car his senior year of high school prom to pick up his date after wrenching out it the night before. So that's, you know, a totally common story. I, did I you go to that. prom with actual grease of under your fingernails? Because I suspect you did. And I actually think that's kind of awesome. And I have a question that has not been answered here. And Philip, that is, what did her parents say? Because <laughs> she clearly was somewhat okay with it. Just have her back up, by 10. What are you driving? Exactly. I want to know what her parents said when you picked her up in that. Anyway, yeah. Well, he's had his fair share of good and bad vehicles. The first car he ever had was a 95 Dodge Caravan from his aunt bought for 50 bucks. Wow. Okay. That was replaced by a 96 Dodge Caravan. <laughs> Says, ooh, hello, new body style and 90 styling. Woo-hoo. He drove that till he could afford to buy a 2010 Dodge Charger SXT at first-gen body style with a 3.5-liter V6. Yeah, we drove that car. Yep. Yeah, he says that met its end when another driver thought that four-way stops were just a mere suggestion. Not a suggestion, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. But but that's three Dodges in a row. Well, up to four now because that money was used to put a down mm-hmm. payment on 2010 Dodge Challenger SE. Yep. And so he misses driving the boat with two doors. Interesting. All right, all right. When his Challenger was paid off, he decided the responsible thing to do was, of course, buy a motorcycle. I, of course. No one has ever, like with a straight face, put together the sentence, the responsible thing to do is for me to buy a motorcycle. That's, that's not a sentence that really <laughs> the exists. The answer here, yeah. clearly. Mm. He had a 2017 Kawasaki Versus 300X with the ABS. He sold it at the start of last year, he says. Mm-hmm. But he says, you can see he's only ever really bought big American land yachts. Okay, all right. So he is open to whatever we can think of. But he's pretty big, so compacts generally don't work for him, he says. And the main party is comfort. Yeah, 6'5 is an issue. Do you remember the the Simpsons episode (laughs) with the hugely tall guy in the really compact car? This was the largest car I could afford. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I keep having that image. Well, he says a high revving engine would be cool. Big horsepower would also be cool. But here's the metric that I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. He'd like at least one horsepower per pound that he weighs. Okay, so, so at least 250. 250 horsepower <laughs> yeah. or more. But 250 is a low bar. It it's is. a really low bar. It is. And comfort is key here. The, the other thing that's interesting is the cooled seat option. Now, I'm going to go down a rabbit trail real quick. Okay. Um, cooled seats uh, takes a lot for the car to have that. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That means the seat is probably three times wider and four times heavier than like a random seat. True. Because they have True. all that piping and stuff. But they're comfy. Stuff. They, are, they are very comfy. comfy. Also, there are two ways to get 
cooled seats. You can actually have seats that are plugged into the AC system of the car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can also have ones that are ventilated, which essentially is just sucking up air from the car and blowing it through the seat. Both of them actually feel better than a random leather seat on a hot day. Yeah, true. true. The number of cars with full-on AC seats that are actually pulling from the air conditioner, that is a short list. It is, and that's a whole different thing on your backside. That is... Yeah, exactly. That can get quite aggressive. Watch our uh, our new Escalade piece where Paul has a personal moment because he thinks that the Escalade doesn't know him quite that well yet. It really tried that's, to goose me. That's in the <clears throat> test drive. It's very good. Yeah. But the, so those are air conditioned seats. I, I I went to anything that blows air through the seats because that gives you much wider reach. Also, with with the amount of budget that you've got here, that that gives you much more to work with. Okay? What do you got on your lot that blows air through my backside? And uh, Phil, I'm going to go here because somebody is saying it right now, and I have to at least acknowledge it. Okay. You could get a Phaeton. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You, you could get a Phaeton. You could you, get you a really Phaeton. Could. You could get a really, really nice one. Uh, oh my gosh! And and it would have all of the above. He could get a new one for thirty grand. He could get the nicest one out there for yeah, thirty. Grand. The one that's but, just sat and but is he still could new. Get, he could get somebody's that's ten or fifteen grand. By the way, don't get a two thousand four. I had a two thousand four. Don't get a two thousand four. Get an 05 or an 06. Don't do as I say. Right. <laughs> Spend fifteen grand, and that is if you're looking for a car that is inexpensive that has all the tech that has heated and cooled seats that has massage seats that feels nice to drive that is a comfortable big place to be. You could just you see how I got there. You, you will you fit could a just go get a Phaeton. Now they, I'm not saying they are comfy. As someone that has owned one, I'm not saying this is the right choice. <laughs> it's a but I choice. am saying that it does actually check every single box you brought up. Plus the fact that it has decent amount of horsepower. The 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 eight cylinder that I had in that car never ceased to surprise me with how powerful that car felt. It's heavy and it just moves and it goes. Yeah. So, you know, what's your what's your tolerance for weird? I mean, that's really where I want to go with this because, mm. uh, you know, you could get a very nice one. And mine, look, I bought mine for five thousand dollars. It wasn't well taken care of. <laughs> Don't do that. And it still got through all of the madness we put it through. Yeah, true. With true. Comparatively minimal expenditure. Now it always was tapping on my shoulder with, "Excuse me, sir, this month I would like." Generally, that was not a big request. We did do front suspension, and that was wildly expensive. True, but you know that. But I bought a five thousand dollar one from the first year, so I'm really wondering what does a fifteen thousand dollar Phaeton get you? With by the way, fifteen thousand dollars left over. That's interesting. that's my weird one. I I get more serious after wow. that, but I thought I'd at least start there. I mean, the engine on that thing is I think lubricated entirely by stop leak at this point, so it doesn't really use oil per <laughs> but it's se. Still, it's, it's still just, no, no, it wasn't, stop leak, it, right? It wasn't the oil; it was the coolant system. I guess it was the coolant. But and, still, and, yeah. and you know what? That car Shane has it; it's still running. I mean, don't get me wrong; still dripping salt too. It's not his daily, and it still has salt in it from salt flats, but it is actually still running. Uh, and that was a five thousand dollar broken down. Let's have a laugh. Volkswagen Phaeton. Mm. He might sell it to you for cheap, Phil. I'm just saying. I decide. I took your Dodge FCA Stellantis. What do we call it now? It's just the the big the starry company. The Stellantians. Yes. The Stellantarians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Stellantarians. That's <clears throat> actually better. With the big, they're all wearing the same jumpsuit. With the yeah. Big P on it. It's the whole thing. Yeah. They are. They are. They're, go, they're going to space. It's going to be awesome. Esprit de yeah. corps for mm-hmm. the team. I took all that into consideration, and even though the newer Chargers and Challengers do have those nice ventilated seats, let's do something different. Mm, I agree. That's good. Volvo and Mercedes, besides the Escalade, they do have great cooled seats. Yes. They are not $30,000. This is true. But I did find a great option for you in the C7 Corvette. Specifically, the 2LT and 3LT trim levels, they do have the availability for heated and cooled seats. Yes. Not all of them do, and they will have those trim blanks covering up that area on the instrument panel Mm -hmm. if they don't. But most of them did, to my knowledge. The seats are, like Todd said, they're not really cool. They're just the ambient fan temperature. seats, yes. But it feels good. Yes. Still helps. And it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. You'll fit. Mm -hmm. They're fun to drive. It isn't an FCA Stellantarian product. Agreed. It's got a big V8. It has at least two horsepower for every pound you weigh. Well, almost. Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're driving a cool Corvette. I, I, Bravo. 30 and under. Bravo for going there because that was my conclusion car. I want to go through the rest of my list, but that was my conclusion car. Is That's where Corvette I stopped. Yes, I just agreed. I, I thought of this and I'm going, he'll love it. It's sporty. It's fast. They handle well. 
all of these things. It gets him out of the Bodhi stuff he's had. Yes. But it has a lot of the things that he's looking for as far as just, I need to fit and all that kind of stuff. That That's a car made for big people. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. No, that's excellent. Well done on that. That's like a, a horsepower and a half for every pound of you, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> I mean, Philip, I, I want to circle back here because... I think the Corvette C7 is a really, really strong option. Yeah. Now, I will say this. The C6 had more headroom than the C7. So you're going to need to climb in and see if you have enough headroom. True. Uh, I find the C7, and again, I have an extra vertebrae apparently. I find the C7 and C8 to be tighter in headroom than I would like them to be. Now, I say that and then say immediately, I still fit. Mm-hmm. But yes, I am aware yes. of the fact that I have lost headroom off the C6 generation. So climbing a C7 and see what you think. I still think that is the right choice. But the place I got stuck on Phil's email is how much are you just looking at comfort and nice seats? Probably because a lot. if that's the primary thing, what you need is one of those old German land yachts. The Audi A8, mm. BMW 7 Series, the Mercedes S-Class. Any of those... That's where you want to be. That's where <laughs> you like want to sit. like that a lot, actually. You buy one of the old yeah. ones of those. And not like not the goofy thing we did with the Phaeton where you buy the cheapest one you can find. I'm sure. saying spend your budget. Spend 15 or 20 at least. Get one that was, right? that was well taken care of and has just, like they all do, dropped off a cliff in depreciation. Yeah. And, and that's the place where if you want a nice place to sit, done. That is, yeah. that is the, everybody else is chasing those cars for I that. I do like that. So you could look at all those old guys. Now, now... If you are worried about the German maintenance factor, then you go Lexus LS. Same idea. Okay. I think that the interiors on the German guys are a little more cutting edge than that LS is going to be. But the LS is going to bring the factor of, I'm just going to run. I'll just be here all the time running. Totally. So you could go Lexus LS. I think those big executive sedans, if, if, if primary thinking here is comfort and good seats, the executive sedan class is where to go. That's actually great. My middle ground between the Corvette, which I like the most for you, and these big sedans is an Audi A8. Oh. Get one of those. You could find those with all the fun seats, and it has a little bit more GT car sporting flair than the big sedans. Ooh. I think you might like an Audi A5. A5 or A8? A- oh, I, no, A8. A8 is the big ones. I'm oh, talking about oh. the, the middle ground between the A8. Oh, sorry, oh, the gotcha. middle ground between the A8 and the Corvette is the A5. Oh, the A5, gotcha. It's the, it's the two-door, a little more sporty feel with the good seats, an See, Audi now A5. You, now you got me thinking about S8s with that V10 because well, yeah. they're scary, but they've dropped off a cliff. They, yes, all of the above. The S8s are fascinating, but even an A8, an A8 is an awesome place to be. Totally. Wow. Philip, let us know what you decide on and uh, keep us posted. DriveShare is the coolest online car sharing platform around. I even have my car on there. It's simple. By connecting car owners with renters, DriveShare unlocks the joy of driving. You can drive something crazy cool. That way, renters can find cars that bring out the awesome at every moment, while owners can earn extra cash to fund their passion. To sign up, cruise over to DriveShare.com or download their app for iOS or Android. That's DriveShare.com. We are buried in questions for this episode. This is cool. I, I couldn't believe it. I was scrolling on all of the places. Now, we ask for questions twice a week. We ask for them on social media. Do us a favor. If you have a car debate, please send that to EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. That's where the car debates are best. We ask for questions at least twice a week. You guys always show up, and you showed up big time on this. I want to stop right here real quick. Bill Jackman on Facebook said that he's watched everything we have on Amazon Prime. Now, our Amazon Prime situation is ongoing. I'm just going to leave it there. He said, (laughs) now, season eight, because it's still our newest content, is still offered for an extra fee there because not everything on Amazon Prime is also free on Amazon Prime. And Amazon also can change that behind the scenes. That's what we've discovered recently is that it used to be all free on Prime and they've changed some things. Anyway. Not our no, decision. Not our. But, but here's the thing. The new seasons always are for a little while, just like any new movie on Amazon. He says, if he pays the extra to watch season eight, does that come to us or does it just go to Amazon? No, that comes to us. The same way if you watch uh, the new Warner Brothers movie. Some of that income goes back to Warner Brothers. It doesn't all go to Amazon. Of course, mm-hmm. we have to split it with Amazon for the platform. But if you would watch that, we would welcome it. Also, because all of those eventually do time out if you want to wait, Season 8 will eventually time out yeah, and become agreed. free on Prime. As long as our relationship with Amazon stays good and it's all still on Amazon Prime. And, I, and it, please right. don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that with any malice. It is beyond our control and it is ongoing. Damon D. says... 
Thoughts on negotiating a price with a dealer. Mm. Give us an example of his consideration to buy a new Chevy Bolt. By the way, you can get them for thirteen grand right now. It's crazy. Pretty much the same, but he's wanting the new one, so he went to look at the $23,000 advertised price on the website. Uh-oh. He says it was on the lot, but he says he was told it was sold but not picked up by the buyer yet, so it stays on the website. The good news is, hey, we can match that price on a newer one, the 2021 model. So he expected that $23,000 price to be about twenty five k after taxes, but they brought him an offer sheet for a newer one with the $30,000 final price saying, well, we matched it. Uh-huh. It turns out they were trying to match the deal that he spoke with him about from a four to six week prior conversation, not the car he actually came to look at. They're sneaky. Yeah. I'm glad you caught it. There's navigation going on here. Yeah, there is. They're, they're keeping track of that kind of thing because they're trying to extract more money out of us. It's helpful. Yeah, that's the intention. His question, though, is should he reveal up front that he wants to pay in cash or should he get the best deal he can first and then at the end say, great, I'll write a check or make a transfer mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not going to finance an, any, a car for any reason, he says. That's always your last little piece of bargaining chip. You never want to reveal that. That is your last yeah. card in your hand, Damon. Mm-hmm. And we've joked about it before, but you always want to get that best deal possible and negotiate everything. It doesn't matter how you're going to pay. No, it's, it's not their business until the very end when they say, great, we've settled on a deal. Mm-hmm. Here's the price. And now you tell them, here's how I'm choosing to pay. And here's the, the point. If they say, ooh, we don't like that, you can say, that's how I'm buying. Mm-hmm. Maybe the dealer next town over might want my money. Yeah. You have the option of shopping around yeah. even more so. Take a little trip to Vegas or a little trip to wherever, <laughs> yeah. anywhere. You're right. You fly yeah. in. You've got the deal. Hey, you want my money or don't mm-hmm. you? And, and there was an era in this country where I'm buying cash got you extra discounts. We're past that, especially with Very cars. much so. So the fact that you have cash isn't an incentive for the dealer, no, but it also no. isn't a thing to lead with. Let's just get the whole deal done and then pull out the checkbook and be like, let's get this done. I totally agree. Gabriel B says, should he sell his car for mm. the same car in higher spec, higher spec trim, or would we recommend going with a new experience? He's got a 128i that he would like to replace for a 135i, but he says some people say that'll just be the same car with more power. Pretty much. That's call, call me some people, Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. Some people will say that. P- pretty much. I mean, that's why they make those trim levels, because when they sell it new, oh, here's the same car with less power. Mm-hmm. You want that one? Can't afford it? We've got the exact same car right next door in mm-hmm. a lower trim with a little bit less powerful engine, and it's mostly there. That's why those trim levels exist. It's all about how much cash yeah. the customer has. It really is. And it really depends on, also, you don't say how your 128i or this 135i would be specced. It's True. theoretically possible that they both have the handling packages, whatever they were called at the time, on them, which means dynamically they'd be about the same too. Pretty now, much. Now, if yeah. you had the base 128i with no extra packages and the 135i had extra handling packages, now you're starting about it, talking about a car that's actually going to start to feel different behind the wheel beyond just power. But I suspect even that is going to be close. I think it's new experience time. It, it's close. And I agree with the new experience. I, I mean, I will say... The same car that can handle that power with more power will settle the chassis a lot better, and it will respond differently. And you'll enjoy it. And you'll might enjoy, you might enjoy it a little bit more, but for how long before you realize, yeah, I'm ready for a new experience, and I speak to me, even though I'm Cayman guy over here, I, I speak to me, even though I still want another Cayman. <laughs> <laughs> the next one with more power. I, I'm pointing the finger at me, Gabriel. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm to eat trying to be quiet. And let you talk yourself. Plate into a, into of crow meat right yeah, here that go. I'm trying to work my way through. But I, I would suggest a new experience. The only reason that I will allow myself to buy another Cayman is because <laughs> of the other experiences that Todd and I get because of all the cars that we do Fair experience. Point. Fair point. So yeah. it, it's a little bit different, even though it's not really. And I, I know you're. Well, but it's also pointing the finger at me. It's I not know. just the fact that you and I drive press cars. We keep buying other cars for the show. We do that. We, we do. own that offer different experiences Correct. besides our Cayman and Lotus. Correct. And I think for both of us, and I don't say this as an excuse. I think it's what we've discovered. Both of us have stayed with our other cars, the Lotus and the Cayman. Because we realize we keep having a different ownership experience, but every year, 18 months, for other things we're doing with the show. Mm-hmm. 
So it kind of allows, honestly, I have that Elise a lot longer than I ever thought I would because of these other experiences that are being parked in my driveway, which is very cool. I'm not complaining, but that has certainly changed our headspace. Okay. Well, I am going to use that excuse and say, Gabriel, (laughs) do as I say, not as I do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ivan Hooser 15 says, what was our dream car as a kid? Have we driven or owned it? Do we still dream of or aspire to own it one day? If not, why? I'm going to go with three cars. Oh, okay. That I can think of that were iconic cars for me growing up, long before I could actually think about driving cars. Of course, Countach, which I have driven, which is amazing to be around. It's it's truly it's it, that car has such presence. It really does. It's yeah. amazing to be around. It's fascinating to drive. It is not a car to drive quickly. And the more cars I've driven, inexplicably, you're right. The more cars I've driven, the more the more I want something small, light. I mean, this is why I'm in a Lotus, cool. small and yeah. light, and that kind of stuff yeah. that is very engaging. The Countach is a handful, totally. Okay, so I loved driving it. I don't have a need to own one, though. I am fascinated yeah. anytime I'm even close to one. They just they they radiate a presence, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad to be able to look at one and be like, I've driven that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I also dreamed about a uh, Jaguar XKE, the yeah, E-Type. Yeah, I course. have driven it. I would love to own one there. Out of my price point, but I would love to own one of those. I also dreamed of the Nissan 300ZX. I did own one. Mm-hmm. I still miss it. That's mm-hmm. a really cool car, and I just thought of a fourth one. Oh, okay. The Dodge Viper. You wanted a Dodge Viper? I wanted a Viper. Here's why. Here's why I wanted a Viper. Really? Because it won all the stat sheets. It oh, was the course. cheap car that won all the stat sheets. And so I wanted a Viper. But then I've driven the Funny. Viper since, and I've realized that I'm very impressed with the Viper, <laughs> and I don't want to own one. Yeah. Because it's the exact opposite from the kind of cars I actually have ended up gravitating toward. Hmm. But it was a car that I absolutely liked. The Viper, it just it just wins all the tests. It must be the best, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Countach was on my list because of Marcelo Gandini and... You know, because it's the Countach, of course. Porsche 959, which we have driven. Mm. I do like it a lot. It's not as great as I thought it was going to be, but it's it's greater in a weird way just because of its uniqueness mm-hmm. and because of the the things that that car pioneered for Porsche, Porsche yeah. were incredible. And so that car's on my list. And then the fourth generation Toyota Super Turbo. It was on my bedroom mm, wall. Mm. I loved that thing. Oh, we haven't driven one yet. We need to get one on we camera. Should, we should. Rocco B says, if we were going to live somewhere else out of the U.S., where would we live? Mm. Think about best driving roads and cars, which are of a different market. And what two to three car garage would we get? That's a topic Tuesday, I feel it, like. It That's, really is. That could get lengthy. I can answer the first part, and it would be central-ish. Well, Western Europe, for sure. You know, like Switzerland or... I mean, Italy for the food, the the real food, and the coast, and the beauty, and the scenery. I mean, Germany, yes. Maybe, maybe. But maybe Switzerland, Austria, just because of proximity to Germany? Yeah, see, the problem with Switzerland Roads. is that Switzerland doesn't like people that drive like you and I drive. That's true. And Germany tolerates it. Yeah. And that's why I think I would probably, from a place to live, probably be Germany with proximity to a border to get other places. I mean, Eastern Belgium is cool. It's beautiful out yeah, there. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's gorgeous, live yeah. in the town of Spa and then... Live in Nürburgring where the GT3 dispenser lives. <laughs> be, be, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the person that pops the population up to 152. Totally. You know, but I'll have GT3 number 106 because everybody has one. Exactly. Yeah. Back to ramen noodles and a hot plate, but I have a GT3. The end. Kazi Chav has a question on Instagram that I'm scratching my head about. I'm going to try to step carefully. <laughs> okay. The question is, what other cars than a Golf R, Volkswagen Golf R, very fun hatchback, should be considered when splurging on a vehicle for someone of retirement age? Now, here's where I'm stopping. You're retiring, Kazi. You're mm-hmm. going to buy your fun car for retirement. I hear that sentence, and I instantly go, it needs to be a color, it needs to be rear-wheel drive, and it needs to be fun first. But you've come at me with the Golf R. Yeah, yeah. Which is very solid, it's good. It drives well, but no part of me thinks that is the Volks- that is the, the car to take and be like, I'm splurging for retirement and I got a, a Golf R. I, okay. That feels like the car you got because you still have kids at home. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think if I can be so bold, don't get a hatchback. Get something rear-wheel drive, two seats. Look at Boxsters. Look at Caymans. Look at 
Miatas. Look at Corvettes. Get something two-seat rear-wheel drive that is just about having fun. Because you don't say why Golf R is on the list, and I think Golf R is to do it all. Go all the way. If you're splurging, go all the way. As far as retirement is concerned, we've met people who have retired at age 44. Oh, sure. Fair point. Yeah, we don't even know what that story is here. I know what you mean by retirement, but I've I've always hated that word because I feel like it means I've checked out of life (laughs) and I'm going to be bored and just do... Gone back to Velcro shoes. And just do yard work all the time. And uh, it, it just annoys me. I've never liked that word. It just, it indicates giving up in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. And in no way did I ever consider Paul Newman like retired. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. He won Lamar at age 70 and a big shout out to our friend Dick B in Sarasota, Florida, who is 80 years old and drives a BMW M2 mm-hmm. and wrote to us May 25th, 2021 saying that he went over the weekend to a PCA Suncoast chapter driver's education event at Sebring and had himself a track day at age 80 in his M2. Yes. And now he wants a Veloster N. Yes. So what is retired, well, you and, tell me? And, and what is too old for fun cars? It's all in your head. And age is nothing yeah, but a yeah, number. Yeah. And right. Dick, thank you for proving that. I've got one from Twitter. Oh, good. Savior JW sends in a bunch of rapid fire questions. Now, this could almost be a topic Tuesday, but I'm going to try to get through all of them. He's giving either ors. Mm-hmm. He's trying to go fast. You see this one? Yes, I did. C6 Z06 Corvette or C7 Grand Sport? C7 Grand Sport. The better yeah, car and the yeah. Grand Sport trim is phenomenal. C7, C6 Z06 is very good, but C7 Grand Sport is better. ND2 Miata or AP2 Honda S2000? I'm curious where you're going to go on this. This is interesting. Now, you haven't told me <laughs> for what usage. If I'm going to assume you mean daily, and I'm going to go ND2 Miata as a daily, that is a better car. If you had told me only back roads and tracking, I might say AP2 S2000. Mm. But the problem with the S2000 is that it's best when you cane it. Yeah. And yeah. so anything you kind of normal driving, it's not at its best. If you were going to be back roads, able to rev it out, and only driving it for fun, maybe AP2 S2000. But if you said, I'm buying one of these cars, it's going to be my regular car, ND2 Miata. Sure. Yeah, I, I like the Honda S2000. Just because power all the time. Power. <laughs> Well, but uh, it doesn't have that much more power. I bet you if you drag race to those cars, you'd be surprised. It'd probably be pretty close. Yeah. It'd, it'd be pretty close. Uh, Cayenne Base or CX-5 Grand Touring? Ooh. Yikes. I um, know. You own the Cayenne Base. I do own the love Cayenne the CX-5. Base, CX-5 Grand Touring. I think the Cayenne for Dynamics... My concern, though, is how base does that Cayenne feel? Here's my concern. If you're actually buying a used Cayenne to be down at the price of the CX-5. So mm. the Cayenne's now 5 to 10 years older, so it is the same price as the new True. CX-5. I think you might go CX-5. <laughs> Honda TL or Civic SI uh, TL? I, really? I, I, well, of course, when I see Honda Acura TL, I think of the one from the early 2000s that I still love. Oh, Okay. Because so, the, the TL now is a boaty McBoat face. Well, and, it's gone away and become the TLX, and the, between then it had the big chrome beak yeah. on it, which nobody liked, and nobody wants that car. Make poor seat can't fit here. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> the the Civic Si has a uh, a rev hang problem that I'm not real fond of. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's going on as well. Uh, sporty SUV or sporty com a subcompact hatch. Subcompact hatch. I like little cars. Yeah. What what I hear yeah. when you when you say that is you're like uh we're going to do a a small SUV or we're going to do a Fiesta ST. Fiesta ST. Or yeah, like a Mini Cooper or something like that. Yes, yeah, for totally sure. Fun. And then 997911 base or 987 Cayman S. Mm. I really like the 997911. That's the early 2000s one and I would pick the Cayman every time. Every time. Yeah, the Cayman. All good. Let's see. There's other questions in here. Oh, Oakley. Portland 207 says, any recommendations for a used car inspection service when you aren't in the same area as the car you were looking at? Mm. Will forums help? Can you post a forum message? Hey, I'm looking for help. People love to help out, especially if they're going to go look for the same car they already own. Uh, interesting. People point. love this. They like and being they the expert. know people. I've it got a buddy helpful. who yeah. blah, blah, blah. And forums are a great place to do this. J.R. Silva 777 says, if there is one historical automotive moment in history you would like to be present at, Hmm. what would it be? It can be anything automotive related, like being present at the first pencil to paper sketch of a car. Okay, if you're 
choosing that, you know, if you're saying I can choose that, Marcello Gandini, Marcello Gandini, working through his design ideas in the 80s mm. after leaving Bertoni and doing all these beautiful, classic, mm. the angular stuff, the Countach, that kind of thing. Sure, sure, sure. How about the 1966 Le Mans win for Ford? That would be sure. pretty cool to yeah, be, okay. you know, I drinking the champagne I there. I would also like to see Horatio Pagani, Pagani meet Juan Manuel Fangio. Interesting. That's why the okay. Zonda F exists, and the F is a tribute to Juan Manuel Fangio. That's interesting. Okay, that's a good one. But this is weird, to be honest. Uh, it would be to be in California and wave James Dean off. Can you imagine? Oh wow! The, the movie career he would have had if and the difference in pop culture. Yeah, if you could have gotten him to slow down at the right moment. That's that's mine. that's fascinating. That's a really good Especially one. Especially because he was driving a Porsche, and you know, just what would the perception of small cars be, and just what would the career have been? What would have happened to that car? What would Porsche think of it? How would that have changed the course of history? That's mine, JR. I'm leaving that alone. That's superb. Well done on that. Fraser Haber says he just started auto tech school at his local community college after being out of school for three years. He's feeling a bit overwhelmed in his second week. Do we have any advice? Fraser? I have no <laughs> mechanic, so I can't help you there. But I will say what's happening is you're suddenly drinking from a fire hose. Mm, yes. Don't be freaked out in week two. Right. If you right. had said I'm nine weeks in and I'm terribly behind and what am I going to do different conversation but I think you just got to hang in there man because I think what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to sorry boat analogy you're going to get up on the plane right now you're just kind of bogged down with everything and you're going to get up to speed and it's going to start to feel a little bit easier but you aren't there yet you're in second week and by the way man bravo on being an auto tech school because that is not my gift <laughs> let's see v1 instagram three says what are our thoughts on a high mileage used sports car specifically the twins but also in general that the owner doesn't have documented maintenance history mm. the the only defense you've got is a far more thorough ppi yes That's really all you can do to understand and look at the wear. i mean it might mean disassembly of things to look at yeah, deep in the engine for whatever car you're looking at, you know, and and really give it an extensive test drive, but also have your mechanic really dive in. A, a mechanic who is used to looking at those cars. Mm -hmm, so it, mm -hmm. it changes your PPI from, can you just have eyes on the basics? Well, I don't really know these cars, but sure. Somebody who does know them, knows what the problems are, knows what to look for. That'd be good. You know, there's subframe cracking in the whatever. So yeah. I know to look for that and pull up the mats and the carpets and let's see, you know, things like that. So they know the, the valve car. springs on those early 86s. That's an example. Yeah, like, exactly. was that done? That kind of thing. I will also say this. Look at the Carfax. Now, Carfax is not the end-all be-all. They are not the Bible. There is stuff that is missing on any Carfax you can imagine. However, what's interesting is so many places do report to Carfax that you might discover stuff that if the current owner hasn't been diligent, that they don't even know. Mm. You can find mm. out a lot of stuff that way that may guide you off originally. Like, for example, if you find that the, the car's been in for the same issue for the first three years of its life, it kept going back for the same issue. Might be a red flag. Might not be. What's the issue? Last question for me from Mystic Negro who is still asking, when is Paul writing some music for the show or the web or the podcast? He says, I'm never dropping this. I, all right. Consider to throw down. I, I don't have an answer. It can't be anytime soon. I've got many projects, most notably more design videos. I'm waiting on that final iteration of the Z to drop mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. I can try, I mean, redesign it. <clears throat> and yeah. uh, <laughs> there's, there's just so many projects that we've got. And like Todd had mentioned earlier, We've already got our cars for the next challenge. We do. It's very We've exciting. We've got them already. Very exciting. I want to speak to one last one before we go, and that is, I'm not going to get this right, but it's like M. Giblisco, I think it is, on, on Instagram. He says, what are our thoughts on the continued C8 debacles? GM has just announced they're not taking any more orders on, uh, on 2021s because of ongoing part and chip shortages. This is the fascinating thing about the C8. The C8, I can't think of another car that made as big a splash initially and then had so much issue getting them out the door. Mm. Mm. And what's fascinating about that is it's still making it this sought after car that nobody's actually seen. I expected by this point that your local cars and coffee would had so many C8s we'd all be over it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very cool and we've driven a few and we really like them, but I figured it'd be like, Oh, there's a row of six C8s. Sure. But they're still at that place where you go to local cars and coffee or go to any car event or they're going to goes by you the other way on the, on the freeway. And they're, oh, C8. 
Right, that's true. Because they're yeah. still rare. That is the yeah. fascinating thing. It's keeping that car desirable and unseen because they just can't get them out there. The debacles have all their other reasons, but that's the thing. I can't think of mm. another sports car that's had that situation. Even when you think about hypercars that are sold in, in low numbers, that's the kind of numbers you're still seeing on the C8. This that's should true. be a mass market car, but it should be everywhere, and it isn't. And it's prolonging that, you know what I just saw? That that car I didn't think would maintain. Yeah, that's a good one. Interesting. Guys, massive thanks for all your questions, for your Topic Tuesdays, your car debates, and your car conclusions. Write to us. We love hearing from you. We've got Season 9 coming at us, and please check out both YouTube channels. You can find those at everydaydriver.com. And the main channel will continue with older TV episodes that have already aired on television and, and cheap are car on Amazon. Challenge stuff. Yeah. Cheap car challenges and, you know, a few other fun things that we've got uh, yeah, there's some planned. Big stuff coming there. But also the test drives are ongoing from all of our manufacturers who continue to send us press cars for our thoughts. And we'll discuss them here on the podcast or we'll produce a video review, mostly a video review on those. Mm-hmm. And we want it for drive homework for all of you. Keep writing to us. Looking forward to hearing from you. Cheers, everyone.